It's Truthful Tuesday. I am Courtney Capri, Lady D.U.V., the baddest butch queen and drag MC. Ishkotai! We are here every Tuesday. And you can cash at me at Courtney Capri and Vinmo Courtney Capri. The truth will set you free, 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 Yeah. Shaka tie, yeah. Bitch, no ma'am, you ain't never retired, ho. Do you got headphones? Somewhere. Okay, because the people said you got an echo, honey. No, they said that you got an echo. Oh, you're right. So do I need to put headphones on? Let me see where my headphones are. Ooh. Oh, that means I really got to get some headphones. So what are we, what are we roasting about? About you being the baddest butch MC there is? Whatever you like. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Oh, these are broke. These headphones are broke, I think. Let me since it's me, let me see. I will say, this is what I will say about you. It's not really a roast, but I think it's funny. That back in the day when you were just a young thing, uh you know, finding your way through life. <laughs> Let me, the, the children in the land of the living, is, is it an echo now? Henry said you so up on it, talk about Rob got a lovely chateau, bitch. We need you to type fast, bitch. That, that fucking chihuahua right there. She likes, she's a little chihuahua girl. I need her to talk fast, bitch. Type fast, whore. No echo. Okay, here we go. Okay, good, okay. So, you know, back in the day, uh, where were we at? Uh, oh, we were at the Rainbow Room, and there was a girl sitting at the bar that you didn't like. And next thing I knew, you snapped, crackled, and popped. I was sipping on my cocktail, and I was like, what the hell? What the hell did that come from? You cussed her out for something. I mean, for shit. Oh, what you putting on your pearls for? Because you are not innocent. I'm clutching my pearls. <laughs> Whatever. Clutch them if you want to. You're not an AK. I know I'm not a Delta because they accepting white holes. So, okay, you know what? Listen, I'm going to talk to you about that in a minute. But anyway, you just went off on that girl. I was just like, and then she, you cussed her out so bad she left the club. And then I was like, what's going on? And you were like, I don't like that bitch. Fuck that bitch. Because I was like, oh, it was a mess. I was like, 
Oh. Well, she bothered me. She vexed my spirit. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. But I was going to write something on your post about the white girl that's pledging Delta. Mm-hmm. That she pledged Delta. Mm-hmm. So you just can't be mad at the Deltas. You have to be mad at all of them. Okay. Because you got white Kappas, you got white Omegas. True. White people are starting to go to HBCUs because they can get that minority scholarship money. Mm-hmm. Um, white people like going to HBCUs because they challenge them more. They feel they get a better education. So they're getting that full experience. And so when they get that experience, part of that is joining a a fraternity or sorority. So if it's all black and they want to join one and they see the benefits of joining that um, fraternity or sorority, they're going to join it. Okay. It's no different when we go to Harvard or Yale and we join them white fraternities and sororities. Okay. So they are they are accepting white folks. Um, not only accepting white folks, but they're accepting Hispanics. When I went to Norfolk State for a homecoming, I saw some Hispanic Kappas. And I was like, oh, wow, we, we doing the damn thing. Now that I can appreciate. <laughs> I'm sure you can. I'm just saying, you know, I like my Latin people. Yeah, yeah but they're just, I mean, you know, it's the times. I mean, I, I think it's nice that um, white people are starting to go to HBCUs. They, they're, they're seeing the benefit of getting a, a, a good education. And um, it sort of opened them up for an experience. Oh my God! Who is calling? Saida. Now you know I'm on the goddamn line. Sorry. Not knowing how to deal with people of color, uh, the microaggressions, all of that in the workplace. I think this will help them um, get through those things. That's that's understandable. I mean, I, I uh, my uh, you know the dean sister. Um, <clears throat> she she explained it similar to that too, and um, it was it was good to hear her point of view. Um, right. I, I, you know, I still just rub me the wrong way that they even got to be in the punch bowl. I know, but if they're going, if they're at a, at that school and they want to get the full experience of an HBCU, then that's part of it. Do you feel that um, when white people do that, do you think that they're taking a space up from t- taking a space from black uh, potential students? No, because when you're online, there's not a limit when you're online. So if 20 people want to join, all 20 people can be online. You know, um, I watch some stuff on YouTube, watch a white AKA girl, and, and they they stomp and, and, and do the boot dance just as well as the black folks do. So yeah, I don't think it's taking the space from them. Um, I think it just opens their eyes up to a lot of things. And some people, you know, we have people here in Portland that have been raised around all black people. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, I want this whole experience. I want to go to a black house. Not that they're trying to be black, but that's the environment they grew up in. Speaking of something you just said, uh, not that they're trying to be black. Do you think there is a such thing as trying to be black? I think there is. Okay. I think, I, I think, um, and when, the, when, when the white people try to be back black, they, I feel they take something negative. They use the negative, you know, they're being, it's, it's not authentic. Mm-hmm. They go to the they go to the far left. They go to the Medea type things, the the trickery and foolery. Right, right, right. And you know, I I hate when people even tell me like, oh, you're not really black. No, I am really black. Both my parents are black, mm-hmm. um, but you don't sound black. But what is sounding black? Mm-hmm. You know, 
And I fall into those categories sometimes, like if a person um, is really chocolate chocolate and they speak, well, you know, I am this and I am that. And that, that sometimes I will say that that bothers me. It gets on my motherfucking nerves. Um, and I do. Go ahead. But why does it bother you? Um, because I, I see them often switching codes with other people. And then I'll be like, well, why you why you can't talk regular to me? So when we're at work, you know, it's like, hi, this is Rob. I'm the Urban League, or this is Rob Cap. I'm very professional on the phone. But if I get somebody on the phone that I know, I'd be like, hey, what's up? What's going on? You know, it's just you being professional. That's how we had have to make it in the world being white. We don't have that white privilege where we can, um, you know, sometimes be our authentic self. We have to always remain professional. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's also, we're a part of our, of our environment. So, you know, I had one of the mothers that, you know, she kept her foot on my neck, like, this is what you're going to do. This is the school that I'm sending you to, and you need to act accordingly. You can, she, she always told me, like, you need to be able to learn to have your feet in both worlds, one in corporate America, and still be able to talk to your homeboys on the corner. That's fair. So I, I've been able to do that. Okay, okay. And so, do you feel like, um, oh, this might be stingy, but uh, <laughs> interracial dating. It, okay, so it, it is, that is a little, it, it's okay. It's, I mean, if that's what you, I mean, my very first girlfriend when I was really young was white. And you know my first boyfriend, he was white. Yeah, yeah, okay. So interracial dating is okay for, if that's what you want, I'm not going to knock who you fall in love with. I think for me right now, where I am and where the climate of the world is, I can't do that. I can't, um, you know, yeah, I just, I, I'm not, I, right now I can't, I'm not, I'm not saying that will change, that, that it's possible it will change, but right now I want to be with somebody black or a person of color now i will fuck a white person down all day i will a white boy you getting fucked down and it's gonna i'm gonna take out my aggression because a lot of the white gay boys they they like the aggression they want to be slapped they want to be pissed on they want to be you know degraded and i'm i'm gonna give it to them whatever they want i'm gonna give it to you and they're gonna drop the coin on the table though too you know you must do that but i i do agree with you when it comes to this climate it would be very hard for me to have an interracial relationship and i struggle with um i think lately i've been struggling with white friendship and white uh the idea of white relationships or interracial dating and i don't know if that's a bad thing or why i do know why i'm feeling that way and i think it's because of the climate but i i want to know know why does it come in ways like well sometimes i feel it and sometimes i don't like sometimes i could be mad at white people and sometimes i'm not mad at them change like well you know this the whole black lives matter um movement that's going on right now it's making you look at things differently i think that you know i have a very diverse group of friends and i think um what my white friends are people that have been in my life since i was a little boy they're very open-minded they understand um what white privilege is what i don't like it's when i'm talking to people white people and they're like oh i don't know what white privilege is and, and like how can you not know what white privilege is? Right. So I'm glad that I 
I've surrounded myself with people that are very open-minded. And so, like, you know, my mom made sure that I've always had um, positive people in my life um, growing up um, that are both, you know, um, you know, black and white. I mean, I have a, um, I have godparents. I have, you know, two, three sets of black godparents and two white godparents, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and it, it's, it's just made me a well-rounded person, you know. I can't live in the city, and, you know, my, my godparents, they live out on the farm, so I learned how to milk cows, and, and you know, I knew what organic vegetables were before they were even popular. I knew about composting, so I got a totally different experience. Okay. Well, not to jump from a different topic, but just watching you and, and interacting with you, I got two questions. What, okay. The first one is, what were some things that you saw in me that I either have not changed and or that I have worked on and changed? this what I've seen you change and I've even pulled you to a side a couple times and be like hey Courtney you can't be popping off like this you'll get the you know people start not wanting to book you they might not want to work with you um, but I'm seeing you evolve right now um, and not doing that uh, it'll creep out every now and then but it doesn't creep out as much you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. you know maybe you were at 100 you're probably you know more like 30 now oh well that's great i'm thinking i'm at 75 you know i like to be at a 75 warm tip i don't like cool weather but yeah it was it's, you know i think um yeah i think you have really changed in and and like you know the conversations that you and i have had especially about doing work in the community um it's you know maybe 10 15 years ago i don't know if we could have that same conversation totally you know? agree and, and 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 the work that you're doing right now and i mean even me i mean the work that i'm doing i, I, I was a corporate guy i think we switched positions And for the people that are watching, what is the what is it that the work that you do? So my title is I'm the African American HIV uh, African American HIV Services Navigator. So what I do is um, people, black people that are newly diagnosed or currently diagnosed, I make sure they get um, are connected to um, a doctor. Um, and whatever needs, whatever other barriers they may have. It could be delivering food boxes, um, bus passes, rental assistance. Uh, people can just call, people on my caseload can just call and talk to me about whatever issues that they have. It can also be finding employment as well. Okay. Um, I am an Urban League employee, but this, this job is a collaboration um, with CAP, which is Cascade AIDS Project, which I, I will say this for you, to you, you were the you were one of the only people that did not give me backlash about working with CAP. Um, a lot of other people um, were very negative.
negative about it. And, and the thing is, what people don't understand is that I've been around a long time. I've, I've known about Cap's history for, you know, until my age, 30 plus years. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I was going in there blind. Um, and I knew that I, I could make a change. I mean, I have, the nice thing about this is that I do have a direct line to Tyler. I, 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 I talk with Tyler at least once or twice a month about things that are going on. Um, they're doing some training right now. Um, this collaboration is going really well. Yeah. You know, Urban League um, deals with black people in the community. They weren't doing this work. Cap was doing the work. And um, they, they, there were some missed opportunities there with this particular program it was a high turnover mm-hmm. people weren't staying even some of the people that are on my case so it was like how long are you going to be here um but yeah it's 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 challenging it's work that needs to be done and it's just not the hiv part it's also the prevention part that mm-hmm. i also um like to talk about too like um getting uh, more black people on prep mm-hmm. like i tell people um I'm currently on prep. I can be this, you know, spokesperson for our community. What we don't, we don't have the same access to um, white gay men. Like when I tell people, you can get prep for free even if you have insurance. But prep is very expensive. Mm-hmm. And people that are listening that don't know what prep is, prep is a medication that um, you have to be HIV negative mm-hmm. to be able to take it, and um, it's a pill that you take daily. And um, it won't, um, it reduces your risk of contracting the disease. But also if you are with somebody that is, un, you know, undetected, mm-hmm. unde- yeah, it's untransmittable right. as well. So I think another thing is with that realm, a lot of things that you and I have discussed that we need to finish discussing and finish mm-hmm. doing is really educate our community. With that being said, go ahead. And help remove the stigma around um, HIV and AIDS. I agree. Um, um, the n- uh, numbers, you know, COVID numbers are rising. It, are the HIV numbers rising with the black people? Yes. In, in the black and brown community, it's still rising. It's not decreasing. And I think a lot of that has to do with education. It's a lot, a lot of it has to do with us not um, learning about crap um, and understanding that it's free. I mean, I have insurance, but I get it for free. Mm-hmm. I don't have to pay. You get a card, and if you want to get it for free, you know, you got to get tested and whatever. Um, and then once your tests come back, you can you can get a card, which I can get, you know, you know, get people the information about it. But it's also we don't know how to have a conversation around it. We don't know that when we start dating somebody, like, hey, let's talk about your status um and you know and then people automatically think especially in communities of color that they oh this person is positive i don't want to mess mess with them or we need to stop having all these negative names about it like the sauce the package yes the The bite oh she got the bite (laughs) yeah or they got a house in virginia when i first heard that i was like Reaching out to them and embracing our brothers and our sisters and our trans 
brothers and sisters that are um, HIV positive. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. And and I think I, I'm not, I think I will say the reason why I didn't bash you for going to cap or whatever you chose to do for one, you're a grown man. Second of all, you're my uncle. And then third of all, um, why would I bash someone who's done the work, who is doing the work that I put to the side or was not heavily involved in anymore? That was a, the number three things. And then overall, I realized that um, because you can articulate yourself in ways that I cannot or have not. Uh, or don't choose to, you were able to uh, get through to people like Tyler and uh, people at CAP more so than I ever could. And I, it may could be of an age difference. It may be because the way uh, how we talk and our experiences. And I just know, period, point blank, I'm just a hood person. I'm And I'm learning, I realize, I've always knew this, that I just give people, give it to them 100 and people can't take it 100. And and, and I'm, that's the reason what actually prompted this uh, whole uh, live tonight is that I got into it with someone and my delivery was just straightforward and just hard and it was everything that I was feeling and it was based upon some things everything that I held inside and so I um in in understanding that um I just really wanted um confirmation if I was uh still in that same old place because I if I don't want to go into 2021 thinking that I'm still in the same spot as I was that was holding me back from a lot of things. And, and, and I think for me to have come to this, this stage in life is what allowed me to, uh, accept where you are and, and do what you do doing the work that you do. Cause we all got lanes. Why would I want to stop your lane or stop your traffic or stop your whip for, for the lane that you in? You know, you could be, you could be, you're at the end of the day, you're black and you're trying to do something for other black people. So I would never, ever want to try to sabotage that. And I'm glad you brought, um, uh, we're talking about this because my next last question is, have I done anything to you in the past and, and or the present? And clearly, you, we probably wouldn't be talking if I'd done something to, to, that hasn't been resolved. But, you know, this is entertainment. People want to know if I didn't cut up. You have cut up, but this is the thing about that. What did I do? talk about it offline because <laughs> i know it's some juicy tea no <laughs> no no I, I mean really i can't i mean it happened so long ago that i can't be like i'm gonna hold on to this and i'm trying to get to past that place like 
you know, not holding on to grudges and, and, and things like that and be able to move on and forgive people and be like, okay, you know, I can still be like, oh, I can see you from afar and, and yeah. deal with you on that level. And, and, um, but there's, and there's other things, but when you truly want to build or cultivate a relationship with anybody, be it a friendship or, you know, just your friendship, but you have to let some things go. I'm, I'm dealing with that right now with a friend. I'm trying to work through something right now and just rebuild our friendship, so... Yeah, I, I'm doing I'm doing that with a relative. Um, they expressed some things and I thought that we had talked about them, but then it came up again. And I was like, oh, I thought you had let it all out. But they still was like, no, I'm still holding on to this some old shit. And I was like, well, sweetie, excuse me. I that's not my issue. I would love to hear what it is, but it's not my issue because I gave you an opportunity to say what it was. And because you're not ready to talk about it, neither one of us can grow. We can't even move forward from it. Uh, and, that, and that has something to do with our culture. We we are known for sweeping things up under the carpet and not dealing with it. And I think that also circles back to not having the conversation uh, around our sexual health mm. with each other. Mm -hmm. And so we need to be able to ask those questions. Um you know, and it's like if you're with somebody, if you are cultivating a relationship with somebody, if you yourself are another person is positive, there's ways to navigate that um, conversation. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Instead of being like, oh, and then we need to stop telling people's business oh. out, yes. out there. So we need to stop doing that as well. Um, and so I just think, you know, once this COVID is done i want to have more um forums for people of color that we can talk and have these conversations and 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 help people navigate because i what's what's shocking to me is i was reading this article recently and it was about all these black men that were hiv positive and they were their ages were 25 to 35 so i'm trying to figure out what was the misstep Okay. Um, the education that I got from older black gay men were like, you, you'd be safe, this, that, and the other. And my mother, she was, yeah, she was notorious for like, remember her back then, was like, don't be bringing no babies on and all this other stuff. Yeah. Use a condom and, and, and whatnot. Are we still having those conversations? Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think that we are. And so once this is all over, I would like to have more conversations um, around um around this. I, I, since we, I don't, before I do got one more question. Do you think people even okay. really care about HIV? Because what I've what I've been noticing in in the in the uh, dating and sex app area that a lot of people don't care. A lot of people are out here free willy nilly and doing a lot of uh, taking advantage of this prep thing and just fucking bareback raw and still catching other diseases and or transmitting right. HIV. That's what I, I've right. noticed. I think what people are saying, I think the younger generation is like, if I get it, I can take a pill and I'll be okay. It's not, I don't think the younger people got to see the images that people my age got to see around when people got, um, uh, became um, HIV positive mm -hmm. and how they got the sores, how they started, you know, looking very thin. Um, so they, they have no knowledge of those images. Um, what I'm really trying to work on is, you know, we go someplace and we get to see the history of HIV through uh, photography. Mm. One thing that's missing is where were the black people? 
during that time. Yeah. That's crazy you said that, Rob, because um, I, I'm, um, I struggle with sometimes talking about people who, who I know passed away of HIV or AIDS, um, and I, I, I don't want to, um, I feel like sometimes I'm telling their status when I'm talking about, you know, even though they're deceased and that's what they died of, I feel like I'm telling their status. So I try to say that before I say this, even though everyone knew she made a video of it. Her name is Angel Campbell Starr. I was talking with some younger people and uh, what hit me so hard was like they said, we've never seen anybody in our age group die of AIDS. And I was blown, my wig was blown back. And I'm, I'm close with these people who told me this. And I was, I was close with Angel. And even Angel uh, says she had never seen people die of AIDS. And I'm like, okay, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? Part of me felt like it was good because that means people were living instead of dying of AIDS. And it wasn't so common to die. But what I realized is that a lot of young people... And some old people that I know a couple older people who died of AIDS and they just gave up. I get so it breaks my heart. It pisses me off, actually, for them to give up when you have so many uh, great stories and examples that you can live. And when I just heard this young person say we've never saw that. So it really shook them. I was like, so what's the next game plan? How do we reach these other people who have not seen stuff like this? I, I think we need to tell the stories because, I mean, I don't. You know, when I do the AIDS walk, I, I walk for Chad. Chad was the first person I knew that died from AIDS. I saw him go from a healthy person to being admitted to our house. Where back then, when you went to our house, you that that was the last step you were going by. So I, I saw that whole progression, mm-hmm. um, and it was sad. And so those are sort of images are still, you know, burning into my mind that I, I just saw him go from this great, you know, person got sick and he did sort of give up. I think he got up because the community was, um, you know, the whispers behind his back. And there are still those whispers that are going on behind people's back. I mean, I know the one thing that I I love about this work is that I was born and raised here. You know, I've gone away and and come back. There are people on my caseload that I know. And so I'm always... You know, I'm very protective of the people on my caseload. Um, I would never, even if HIPAA didn't exist, I wouldn't be going out like, that's who I'm dealing with. That's that's not my story to tell. Mm-hmm. My story is to make sure that they're healthy and and and, and I set them up for success right. and, get, and help them overcome their barriers. Um, we just need to be supportive, man. We just, I mean, I, I'm learning a lot. I'm still sort of new in the game, but um, I'm learning a lot. You know, and I try to pass that on to um, the younger people. Like, we can't be doing this. Yeah. It's, it's, it, for me, it's a big no-no. Yeah. It's hard work. And I, I got to commend you because it's very hard coming from uh, from my age era and group and um, era and, and versus yours. You were before me. Your house of Fabu. You are my, you are my uh, house mother's uh, sibling. And each... 10 years has changed in how we approach it and how we deal with it and attack it and challenge it. So I, I commend you. I commend you. I commend you. Yeah. Uh, the last thing is, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I think the one thing too, that the young people don't see is like the medication has changed. So there's no longer, you're taking these cocktails. You're not taking 15 pills a day. You're down to one pill a day. And so that's why I think the mindset is a little bit different. Cause they're like, if I get it, I can just take one pill a day. And the way they present it, 
um, what I've seen with advertisements, like it, you know, it's sort of like um, diabetes. You just, you know, it's you just take this medication, you still have it. It's still the stigma mm-hmm. around it, um, and that's one thing I'm really, really trying to work on. And um, I had a lot of things planned before COVID hit. That things I wanted to do in the community that mm-hmm. um, I might have to do it via Zoom. Yeah. But I just really want to get that out there. I really want to get into the churches. I, I'm with Ace Eight. Um, What's it? A Six. Yeah. With, Are they um, still going on? That and Mama Gilead. That's what I want to say. Mama oh. Gilead, which is a whole bunch of older church people. Pastor Haynes, my pastor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he and I connected because you know my grandfather used to pastor Allen Temple. Right. And so. Um, it was interesting because I walked in there with all these older people and I was like, oh, Lord, if they talk, talking about Leviticus, whatever, I'm out. But these older people, which I really like, really want to make a difference and have these conversations in the church. Um, there's some... Somebody just asked, yeah. where are the people getting condoms from? So this is the thing, I will tell you this. So if people need condoms, I have, um, I can get them. Condoms and lube, I can get them and get them out. And thank you for um, the uh, the condoms that you gave me to distribute too. Thank you. Yes, 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 yes. So I, I have access to that. Um, I also have when COVID hit and people couldn't get to the doctor. Um, I had um, at home HIV kit test kits, and I've been giving those out. I think I may have like five or four more. I had ten, but I can get some more. Um, but I always tell people if you take this kit. Um, you still need to go see your doctor, whatever your test results are. One second, Rob. Okay. Okay, I'm coming, darling. Okay, we're talking about the test kits, right? Okay, I just want to make sure for the people, because a lot of people watch lives and they don't have, um, so is this what you're talking about? Yes, I was getting ready to get one myself. I have some right here. Okay. the same ones. Uh, this one, and it also has, when you take the test, um, if you, if your test becomes, if you are positive, you find out, like I said, you still should go to the doctor. It has information in here, um, who you can, who you can connect with. If you, I, you know, with this job, I've gone to doctor's appointments with my participants. It's, if, if, you know, it's a scary thing. Um, I remember getting my first HIV test and it was, it, back then you waited two weeks to get your results, mm-hmm. you know, and so that was a scary two weeks. Um, but if, if you're scared to go and people, you know, are like, hey, Courtney, um, I want to get tested, you know, how can I do it? If they feel scared, you can go, I can go with them, um, or at least tell them where they can go. Um, and where can they go? So you can go to prison, which is part of CAF. You can also go to Multnomah County. Okay, that almost sounds like prison. So is it P-R-I-S-M? Yeah, prison. Okay. <laughs> Because they do test it in prison, too, but we just want to make sure we ain't saying go to prison. <laughs> so, there's that. There's also Multnomah County. Um, these are places if you don't have health insurance. Right. I mean, even prison, if you, if you can go there if you have health insurance. But if you don't have health insurance, you go to Multnomah County. It's $50 to get your test. If you don't have the money, you can still get tested. Um, can you tell the people where CAP is now? Because I think y'all move, right? 
We did move. We are we are closed to the public for a while. Okay. We're on Fourth and Davis. Um, but if you go to the CAP website and go to the MAI program, mm-hmm. if you go to like programs, there's a link on there that you can. If you click on it, it sends an email directly to me. Okay. So if people have questions, if you need condoms, if you need a test, um, go to the CAP website. Um, click on the link. Um, and it, uh, I'll reach out to you, just give me your contact. Everything is anonymous. Like I said, I've, I've given out tests. I've delivered them to people um, when I put a, something on Facebook. And that's, you know, here's the test. It's a quick little survey I have to t- fill out. The only thing is, like, your age, your race. Is, there's, no, there's, there's no name or anything attached to it. Okay. Um, and, that's, and that's it. I mean, that's all I'm asking for. And, and if you don't want to get, you know, People, I sometimes I'll just look and guess and, and fill it out, um, but they just want to keep track. Like I'm giving the test to people of color, basically. Okay. But if somebody white needs a test, I'll definitely give it to them. Right. But like, like I said, if you, if people are in need of condoms and lube, reach out to me on go to Cap's website. The and it, it comes to my Urban League email address, I believe. Um, so just reach out to me. I I can get that. Yes. Um, and also look at the dates and all of that. But I think this is good, Courtney. We should do this again. This is um, okay. That would lead me to my next last question before you go. Um, what what you because you mentioned Zoom and because I think right. because we are moving into a different type of uh, era with with COVID and stuff. What's next for uh, how about to say ooh the wrong organization? What's next for Urban League and Cascades Ace Project? concerning the new year like uh are you doing a zoom or have that been in place yet or what are what are some ideas or thoughts that you're going to surrounding that of how to um do prevention and awareness okay so we were going to do something for world aids day but then the governor put this um you know restriction anything for that and Mm -hmm. so we're going to have testing at urban league we are going to do i need to talk to um my new manager we are going to do for national was it National Black HIV Awareness Day? Is that March 7th? No, it's February 7th. Okay. I got, no, so March 7th must be Women's HIV Day. Something like that. Okay. So. Oh, okay. So, um, and uh, so we're talking about testing. Are, do you guys also provide um, COVID tests? Hold on. There's something. There's, oh, there was a. Hold on. Somebody sent you a message. Oh, it is like. Uh, yeah. Hold on. I will say this. So, Urban Hold on. Uh, no, it was, it was lagging. Is somebody tapping our phones? Wait a minute. I don't know what to do. Okay, yeah. So 
Sorry, darlings, for the testicle difficulties. Oh, we have eight people up in here. Okay, let's do Rob. Add Rob again before we go. That was very weird. Oh, decline. I don't know what happened. Oh, God. No, the FBI ain't coming over here, girl. They going to some other girl's house. I am not an employee. Um, But um, you guys, give it up for Rob Lawrence. If you guys need further information um, about HIV testing, prevention and awareness, um, please uh, contact Rob Lawrence. He works for Urban League, and he has a contract with uh, both the Urban League and Cascade Age Project. I thought that was very good. I was not expecting all of this to go down. I thought that was very, very, very good. And, um, you know, when you shoot out for something, I don't know if it was negative for me to, um, I don't know what happened, Rob. I tried to add it again and it, um, it didn't come through. You want me to try again? Let me try again. Oh, let's see now. You better have your headphones on. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, do you got... I, uh, I can't. My battery's getting low. Oh, so gosh. Well, we getting ready to end it anyway. Go ahead. Okay. So, I was going to say, so, um, I have a flyer. I'll send the flyer to you. So, PCC Cascade is doing COVID testing, and they're also doing flu shots. Um, and I'll send the flyer to you. I will actually be up there on the 16th of December volunteering. I'll be, like, handing out... Um, information. Um, I, uh, I'll be giving out um, PPE bags for um, individuals, and that's a protection uh, equipment. So it'll be like masks, hand sanitizer, things like that. Um, okay, Kenny Craig. <laughs> Bitch, that's your Uncle Tramp. <laughs> They're mad. So anyway, um, I also wanted to say before I go, so. Be looking on, like last year, we had a very successful um, um, Black National HIV Awareness Day at the Urban League. And so we want to do something again. The nice thing about that, um, I believe like 20 people got tested. And the beautiful thing about that was we all, the Urban League also has a senior center. I went up to the senior center and spoke about this event. Two women came that had never, ever been tested. And that was the first time they got tested. And they were like, you know, old, they're 65 to 70 years old, and they had never been tested. And also, when you get tested, just don't get tested for HIV. Get a full panel. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing. So, yeah, we got to do this again. I think that's good and have people, I think next time, have people send in questions and we can answer them. Okay, that'll work. <laughs> I'm going I'm to put that together. Okay. Okay, thank you, Rob. I love you. I love you too, man. Okay, bye-bye. That was dope. So dope. Yes. Yes, darlings. You know, I, I, I thought that I was setting out to, I don't, I don't want to say that um, the roast was supposed to, I, at first I was like, my roast is going to be negative because I'm, I'm putting out energy to receive negative vibes about my personality. But look at God, turn that all the way around to something positive. I think that I, I got to just keep it real, keep my authentic self. And sometimes even my authentic self by being direct or very forward or blunt, um, that's just me. And if you haven't got the chance to know me and know my intent and uh, appreciate my integrity, then you're probably going to be lost in the sauce and we'll probably never be friends. And this is a, a, a direct message to anyone who has an issue with me. Um, if you can't accept the real raw 100 with me, then 
we just don't even need to be, we, you can never learn from me. You can never, we can never be friends because I, I strive to have that same type of energy from other people. Give it to me raw, real, uncut, unfiltered, uncensored because I don't like to be in the dark. I don't like to be in the dark about nothing. Uh, especially pertaining to how you feel about me. Because when you hold those things in, you start treating people a certain way unconsciously. So when you hold, and I do it, my, I've done it myself. And um, in my post, I even said I used to, uh, if someone has done something to me, I usually uh, let it slide and hold it in and it just builds up. And that's not really good. So I, I can say that I'm working on that. But once I get to that boiling point, I'm just going to say it. And however the chips may fall, that's how they may fall. Because even my best friend was telling me, we got into it one time and she said, you should know just because we get into it, know my intent is never to hurt you. But it is to let you know when you're foul or when you didn't cut up. And I had to learn to accept it no matter how it came. If, if we're friends or we're building on something, you should know. If we're here to talk about, if a person didn't give a fuck or care about how you did them, they would just cut you off. But for a person to even bring something to your attention, that means they at least wanted you to know and they wanted you to give you the benefit of the, and they wanted to give you the opportunity to respond. So to all those who are out there, um, I'm me. I'm me and I'm going to keep it always give it 100 because we're living in the last days and I would hate to go down in, in my grave and not be able to say how I felt about you bad good or indifferent because if it was bad and I'm still hanging around you then you should ask yourself what does that say about Courtney if she said this about me and she's still hanging around me then it's either she still wants to be my friend or she's still trying or whatever whatever but that was good that was really good that was a really good 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 roasting that was a good roast. And shall we, should we continue on? Shall we continue on? Let me call my bestie real quick. I'm going to bed. Good night. Girl, I didn't ask for you to go to good night. I'm going to call her anyway. Hold on, darling. And Kenny Jean, girl, girl, girl. You're going to have to stay off my Redbone friends. Stay off your Redbone uncle. Kenny Jean, stay off of uh, Jason. You know that's your your ex granddaddy. Oh, my friends list but i i seen that picture before y'all still got some pictures from five years old as your profile pic but that's good i can remember who you are you have reached the voicemail oh box of nine seven
Don't make me call you. I'm serious. I'm serious. Hello? Yes, can I speak to... Hold on. Okay. Hello? Yes. Calling. Oh yes, this is Domino's. Uh, wrong number. How do you know it's the <laughs> wrong number? I'm trying to contact you. Coming to the hi. room. Hi. Hi. How are you? So this is uh, Kimber Kent. Uh, yeah, this is her live and in the flesh. Oh, you're alive and you're in the flesh. Okay. Well, we we have a segment on here tonight uh, called the roast of Courtney Capri Dub. Um, do you know her? Uh, no, never heard of her. Oh, you never heard of her? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to be in this roast, Courtney. There's a reason why I didn't call it. I don't believe in roast. You don't believe in roast? No, I don't. Why is that, sweetie? Because I think it's a passive-aggressive way for people to be rude to you. Passive-aggressive? Well, that's what Portland does. They're known for passive-aggressive teas. I'm not here for that, though. Girl, you're lying. Bah, 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 bah. No, ma'am. I that those are comments that I say to you directly. Oh, oh, oh you give it to me directly? <laughs> yeah, girl. Can you guys hear the caller? Because this caller is trying it. Oh, you, your daughter can hear it because she just cracked up. Okay, so um, Kimber Jean. Here we go. <laughs> Do you feel that there are some things that a queen could work on? Everybody has room. Oh, here we go with this politically correct shit, and she likes to cut up, girl. <laughs> um, I think that one thing that is... I'm sorry, one second. I'm sorry to interrupt. We have to uh, take a commercial break. One second. Oh, my God. Shaka Taya, this is Courtney Capri, Lady D.U.V., the baddest witch queen of drag MC, and we are going into a commercial break, and we will be right back after these messages. One more time. All right. Shaka Taya, Ishkotai, it's Courtney Capri, Lady D.U.V., the baddest witch queen of drag MC, and we are back after these short, brief messages, and we have the one and only on the phone um, t giving her interpretation of, um, I don't know what she's interpreting. She's giving her uh, her tea of the queen. Go on. Hi, hi, darling. Uh, yeah, you can call me Tony Monet, aka Essential. Tony Monet Essential. I don't know her. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you said one thing that you could work on. Um, yeah, I told you time and time again that before you do these lives, you should call me so that we could set it up so that the it broadcast to a bigger platform. Because what ended up just happening with Rob. Um, could have been could have been broadcast to a lot of young people who are sitting at home right now um, who could have been educated in just that moment. So I think that um, you should really take advantage of the opportunities that are before you, especially when people ask you time and time again. One second. <clears throat> Uh, and also, oh, well, I said one second. Hold on. 
You know, I can only take so much at one time, you know. It was a good conversation. Okay, there you go. I just needed a break, a little wind break, because um, Jason said a Domino's commercial, right? Um, okay, now um, go ahead with your second complaint. That was it. No, bitch, you said, and then? No, that was it. Oh, well, I... Uh, and, then, and then I said it was, a good, it was a good conversation. I enjoyed it. I just, um, if I had to critique something or say something, I just wish we could broadcast it to a bigger audience so that people could be educated about these things. Uh, because I, I will disagree with uh, what Rob said, though. I think that you do say things in a way that reaches an audience that he doesn't. Um, so I actually enjoy how animated and... Uh, the way that you do things because it, it allows me to feel more comfortable. Like, um, I, you know, I, I feel like I tend to have conversations with you that I don't with other people because I, I know that you're going to give me a real reaction. Um, I want to uh, uh, dig into what you said about animated. Um, you know, we've had this conversation um, with that word involved in it. And, um, and now that having that had that conversation, I kind of feel some kind of way about the word animated. And, and I think that has a a, a, a a stigma against black people when we're told that we're animated and, and that, that that people like that about us. And I feel like when people say those type of things to me, I think there it's like not a dig, but it's like a a, a, a judgment of character as if I'm not serious. Sure, yeah, I should have used that word. It's just been on my, it's been heavy on my spirit because we talked a lot about it today. I would say you're going to give me um, a reaction that is real and authentic uh, rather than sugarcoating it. Mm -hmm. And uh, that doesn't actually have anything to do with the animation. It just has to do with, um, I can only think of like life. Like you, you're going to give me, um, you know, your experience rather than, you know, the, the politically correct answer. Okay. Okay. I appreciate that. And um, as I asked Rob, um, were there some things that you saw in me? Oh, girl. Oh, gosh. What you mean? Oh, girl. What are we doing this on live for? What do you mean, bitch? This is a roast, Tramp. No, girl. A roast is where people come in and say, they say jokes. Where are the jokes? The you just okay you just tried to give a joke I mean I don't know you maybe you're not a comedian um, I don't understand okay, you gotta throw this back on me it's I'm like this is my fault I'm just saying what you but you 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 answered the call I'm this saying some gaslit shit she called me and now I'm the problem you are the problem I mean you are always the problem you're always the problem girl because you don't keep the same energy you know what I like being a Chihuahua everyone loves Chihuahuas they all have them no they stink. <laughs> <laughs> and they piss everywhere. <laughs> oh, goodness, Jesus. No, um, uh, no, but for um, I know I've done some things to piss you off in the past. I know that. Can we talk about those things? Uh, why? <laughs> oh, girl, girl this I is think a... I think a lot of the things that we get angry. Uh, well, I'll just speak for myself. A lot of the things that I get, um excited about like you actually point out to me like the other day we were having a conversation and just in me trying to explain myself and getting frustrated 
that led to us both having a more heightened level of conversation than uh, we needed. And I think that you remind me that, you know, sometimes I'm the person that takes the conversation there, and I don't always realize that that's happening. I will say that too. I think um, learn. I think because you are younger than me, and um, okay, you didn't have to say all that though. Oh, girl! But now you, what if I say, well, because you're old, you're judgmental? But I am. <laughs> That's the roast, right? I am judgmental. I, I, I'm prejudiced. I prejudge all the time. I can own it. Well, I can accept it, and I thank you for giving it to me, just raw, real, and uncut, girl. Can I ask you a question? Why did it bother you? Um, to hear uh, those things today? Uh, oh, great question. Oh, here, thank you. Are you talking about the conversation earlier, earlier? Yeah. Um, it bothered me to hear... Um, I don't think it bothered me to hear what I heard earlier. I think it bothered me that um, that I was fed up and I couldn't articulate why I couldn't, I, I I thought that my articulation of why I was upset wasn't being conveyed the right way. And I think because it wasn't being conveyed the right way, I had to step back and realize that it was my delivery and I get it. And everyone can't take my delivery. And I just assumed that because I, op- I thought I opened up for a six month period that my character or my demeanor would already be known or or accepted, but it wasn't. Well, can I be can I be transparent right there? I mean, you 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 mean I feel like while I was speaking um, about how I was feeling judged in even just trying to say the nice things to people, and that was like, well, you know, we don't know how she's gonna react and this and that. Like, I feel like you kind of understood that. So, in 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 witnessing that, I I don't understand. And don't take this the wrong way. I don't understand why you're why you're shocked at what you heard. You know what I mean? Like, they, you know, um, I think that everybody has their own perceptions. We talked a lot about that, and you know, it just so happens that um, some people were not raised in a in a in a black household where things were were um, larger than life. Okay, well, I'm glad you said that. Well. I, if they were not raised in that type of household, it kind of it makes me feel some kind of way because I'd be like, then how can you call? I, I didn't. I know we talked about this before. Oh, dealing with the different perspectives of being black bothers me sometimes when another black person can't relate to my black experience. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Or that's what I'm I'm intending to come across. Um, I also it burns me up that uh, sometimes I feel like black people, some black people who are who don't have that cultural experience, are culturally appropriating the culture, and it bothers me because there's a disconnect. That makes sense or no? Well, yeah, it totally, I mean, I get it. Um, I will say this. I think that there are some people, some black people from from my experience um, who don't understand that they are the 
black experience. If that makes sense, like it doesn't. It's not like you don't have to be a stereotype in order to be black. And I think that, um, and maybe it's a maturity level, or you know, maybe it's an experience level that uh, you know some people that I've encountered haven't uh, gotten there yet. I also think that a lot of black people who have a lot of white friends, or they're not so much in do in in in, in involved in the black community or only involved in a certain particular black community, they won't allow themselves to get out into other black communities. Therefore, they don't see any other black person that acts like me. So they are offended by my delivery or how I say things. And I think that happens a lot in Portland, Oregon. Um, a, when you see a black person who cuts up like me, I am rare. I'm a rare black queen here, even though there are other black queens here. But no other black queen cuts up like me, not near other queen. Yeah, but that's one of the reasons why I enjoy you is because um, you're just being yourself. And uh, and, and maybe I, you'd have to ask the other, you know, a different type of black queen why they choose to, um, you know, act, act differently. I guess. And I feel that they act differently around me, even though they don't even see how they're acting differently around me. They don't speak the same way when they're around their white friends and they don't keep the same energy. And it's evident and because they don't see it and they don't want to see it, it bothers me. And I just be like, bitch, do you know how many other black queens are like me and or worse than me in the South? There are Atlanta girls that will just chew you up and spit you out and beat your ass for the simple conversation that we had today. So I am only a fraction of what I could be with the black girls or black people in Portland. And it just burns me up that the others haven't had that kind of experience. And because they haven't had that experience, they, they classify us as animated or, oh, that's like my relative. That's like them. But that, that's clearly saying you don't even hang around your relative like that because you said it reminds you of. That means you don't even have a, you don't even fuck with your family like that. Or your environment doesn't consistently be around ghetto people like me. Well, I don't even call it ghetto. Like even I, I told you that uh, I'm the I'm like the quiet one in my family. It's we're all very um, you know we laugh hard. We we like to yell. You know, uh, we're excited people, and uh, I think that a lot of times people were uh, people are taught to dim their light, and we were not. So mm -hmm. it, it makes other people feel uncomfortable when that happens. And, and, and you're um, so right. And just particularly in this situation, I feel like I learned a lot about everyone um, earlier, just being able to discuss uh, reactions to things. And, you know, however the chips may fall and however things have ended, I think that I know greater how people feel and the impact of the statements that I say at least. Yeah, I agree. I also, you said something that, that was um, very interesting to me, and I had to relate it to my sister. You said you're loud and you're this and that, and my sister told me the same thing, my sister in uh, Phoenix, my blood sister. And I was telling her that I don't know how to react to that. I don't know how to behave. I don't know how to respond. But she's still black. And so I, I get what you're saying. I, I totally get it. 
and I'm trying to uh, incorporate that or flip it onto this side and say, maybe that's how they feel about me. The people who we had a conversation with earlier. And so I don't know how to um, process that. I guess that's the word I'm looking for. And, well, I, and I'm, that's why I'm mad because I can't process Because I think I genuinely wanted to do what I came to do in, in, in that particular discussion. Or, um, yeah. Um, I think that it, you know, it ended in a way that it's good for right now. You know, I think that everybody has just needs time to process even the direction. We have, what, 20-something days left of 2020, and it's been the most miserable year for some people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's time to really process and, and figure out what what each individual's goal is. I think that's really important as well. I agree. Like, sort of like what me and Rob just said. You know, he said he wanted to do some things, I wanted to do some things, and we got to... This was a great way to do it. I'm I'm so glad that I'm I, I'm really shocked that this is actually happening. That the conversation is happening, and that it's it, really great. It's, it's it's the spontaneity of it is really it's really great. And I feared that. And I'll tell you, I I struggle with a lot of fears. I fear that because we're in a climate that people are on social media heavily, they're gonna be they're hungry for some entertainment. They're hungry for something to digest. They're hungry for something to keep them entertained. And I be wanting to come on live all the time, but I don't want to oversaturate the newsfeed. I don't want to oversaturate or um, get make people sick of seeing me. So I, I I be having something to say, but I don't want to sound petty or frivolous because sometimes it could be a string of things that circle back around to the same thing. You know what I'm well, saying? I just, yeah, I totally understand what you're saying, but I took a class in um, target audience this term and or a class that dealt with target audience, and you have to remember that you may see a lot of videos and a lot of people that are doing what, quote-unquote, you are doing. However, how many people look like you? And it's probably very few. So you have to remember that uh, even the eight people that were on there, I bet you, you know, seven of them were black. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you are reaching an audience that needs to be heard. And even that's what I'm saying, that conversation that you had with Rob was so great. And and so many probably young people were listening to that conversation and heard and thought twice, and, and they're now going to um, educate themselves a little further. And uh, I've also told you this, you don't see the, 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 what other people see. So, and and this, is, this is one of those moments, it's like, oh my God, this is, this is so great, you know? You you said that, and you have told me that several times. You're not the only person who told me that. And I let me go back to this other note that I said that I was going to bring up in our in when we were talked about earlier. Um, oh yeah, here it is. A lot of people tell me that I have potential. They tell me a lot of things like, "Oh, you have this," or uh, "You don't see what you have in yourself." I'm just going to be 100. It frustrates me because. I can't see it, even though you're telling me I can't see it, and no one is showing me how, how to see it or how what to do with once I see I don't know how to explain it. It's very hard to see what others see. You know how we have what our um what we want what we project out there and we we think other people see about us, but it's totally different from how people actually receive what we present out there. And it's too well. That's things. a that's a that's a question of introspection and how you measure greatness. 
Hold on. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, I thought I lost you. No, I'm here. Uh, yeah, I just, I think that, uh, I don't, I didn't know the history and the things that you had to go through until you told me. And until I knew, it was also, I was like, we didn't get along because I was just, you know, being, you know, uh, a chihuahua to you. But until I, you know, knew about the history, uh, that's when I got to know the more than just the facade. The facade of you is like, you know, professional. She shows, she sings and she's a star. You know what I mean? Like, you gotta, like, all the other stuff, yes, those are all really great layers to the onion, but what you project to the, you know, the public a lot of times is, 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 is a really great image. So I'm just, I guess that's the potential that I see. Okay, that makes better sense. Not better sense, but I can better understand that. You said a facade, and that's a strong, strong word. Um, and I, I would even characterize that as being having an illusion. And uh, no. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Um. So if I'm having a facade or an illusion, what would you recommend that I do to get people to see the authentic me? Just this is what you're doing. You don't think that's a pro- you don't think that's problematic? Um. Well, what's been nice about this is that you've also invited um, an audience to come in and also talk with you so they also get to see how you interact with other people and it's not just you talking into a phone because when um you just talk to into a phone you know you just you start yeah you talk about anything under the sun but i think when you talk with um other people the audience gets to see you code switch oh okay you get to see my skills yeah, they get to see your telephone voice. <laughs> my Karen voice. <laughs> no, not the Karen voice. Hi, I'm Karen, voice. and I'm calling because there's people outside of my building, and they're making a lot of noise. And it's more than six people, but I'm smoking weed. But there's six people out here, six plus people out here, darling. They gotta go. No, but that that's dope. I, I appreciate that because um, I think I struggle with that as well the facade versus the the authentic me and i think i hide the authentic me a lot of times because i feel like i don't want to be judged and i also feel like a, a prime example um there's a guy who i dated um uh he was on this tv show recently and um the way we met was i was in full drag drag full full regalia and I felt like he would not have wanted to talk to me because he, I'm in drag. And when I did, I, I was drunk. I was drunk. I was literally, I was pissy drunk. And I made sure I got drunk just so I could go up and talk to him. Because I, and in, in that time, a lot of dudes were not talking to drag queens. And so I said, I'm going to get this liquid courage. I'm going to talk to him because he is fine. And I just simply, I made him up in my mind that I was just going to give something very simple. I said, can I take you to the movies? And the motherfucker said, yes. And we talked the whole night and exchanged numbers and we ended up being boyfriends. And once I got with him, he saw somebody totally, he knew the Wells Fargo money truck. He knew he saw something totally different. And 
I forgot my point of saying this, but um, I'll, I'll, I think what I'm trying to say is that Courtney Capri is a protector of the Wells Fargo money truck. I protect the person that I was born as. And I do that because I don't want to be hurt. I don't want people to uh, judge the real me. And I don't want people to say, oh, you're putting on a facade even though I am putting on a facade because it's a protection well, guard, if that makes sense. Okay, so, yeah, totally, because another word for facade is, for facade is armor. Good, good word. I get it. Um, that's, when, I, I, when I started doing drag, that was a lot of the reason why I loved it so much is because, it, it, it again, like you said, it protected me um, from what I was going through, but then I fell in love with the artistry behind it, you know what I mean? Like, I love makeup. I love being able to, honestly, I put anybody into drag anytime I put a lick of makeup on them because I get to, you know, make them see the best part of themselves. And that's what I love about being a makeup artist. Mm -hmm. And and I can say, go ahead. And it's almost like I have to, I force them to see it through my eyes, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Would you say that uh, makeup or the illusion or facade uh, gives power? Yeah. Um, I think it does a lot of different things for a lot of different people. Um, you know, I think that some people feel more powerful. Um, for me, that, that that power kind of wore off after the first go couple go-rounds. <laughs> Kenny said goodnight. Good night. We love you, Kenny. So much. So much. Oh my gosh, she used to say that. Yeah. So, so much. much. <laughs> yeah. Kenny's ass. Um. But yeah. Uh, that, that's 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 really interesting. I wonder why certain conversations can't happen in the heat of. Or what's the what be? I think I don't know. Maybe it is the time frame or uh, uh, the opportunity to be able to hash out things as an issue. I don't know. No, I think that it has to do with you know, like you said, uh, the prejudgment of coming to the conversation. We all did it. We all came to the conversation with um, a certain feeling, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, what what I feel like didn't happen was and I had to repeat it, it's like, don't get offended. Let's just have this conversation because outside of, I mean, we just watched it happen in our community for an entire year that the black leaders in the gay community couldn't, all of them couldn't, you know, come together. We watched all of it from all different angles. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't just one person. It was all of it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I, that's why I really feel like if we could, if, 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 if we, as all of the black people, all of the black gay people in Portland could just be in a room together for, you know, a couple of hours and just let it, let it all out, I, I really feel like, um, you know, we'd be able to move mountains or somebody would get their mace. Oh, this is dope. I agree with you. Um, this guy, uh, Jason Jones, he said, uh, Courtney, your armor and, oh, Courtney is your armor. And she protects the authentic you and only your closest friends and family get to see that person and, and everyone else gets to enjoy the public persona. Bitch, that 
boom. And I think that's the icing on the cake, I would say, for anyone who is my friends. They get to they get the bl- the bonus, the plus side of Courtney Capri. Yeah. That, yeah, think- I, but I mean, we even we even said it, but I mean, I even try to reiterate that it's like, you know, we only have we only come together to speak once a, once a month. So any issues that we have for thirty days piles up, and the first time we see each other, of course, it's going to come out. I really think it's the makings of a great reality show. Here you go with this reality show, girl. Yeah, and see when you bitches, when you bitches finally come around, we could have been rich by now. Yeah, you always seeing money and number signs and things. I think I'm like the P. I'm like the P. Diddy of Portland. Oh, girl, please don't say that, girl. We don't need you. <laughs> we don't need you doing what he does, girl. <laughs> I'm trying to get you a couple more views on this live stream. <laughs> Um, I think you're very uh, optimistic, and, <laughs> and sometimes it fuels my America. Amb- do you hear these reads? No, you're optimistic, and you you and you fuel my ambition. Look at her face, America. I can't see her face right now. Is she being authentic? I am. I am. <laughs> you can't tell from my voice. I'm being very authentic and transparent. <sighs> no, yeah. but I do appreciate your optimistic optimism and um is that a word optimism yeah okay optimism you know sometimes my college education fails me um i think you being optimistic connects when i'm at that point you you connect with my ambition so i think that's what fuels my fire to be like okay i see i'm i'm i'm, I'm encouraged to do it i'm inspired to do it and i'm i'm, I'm ambitious about doing it but other yeah, times but- when I, go ahead I was going to say that it could also be because I'm in the dark because I tell you that that conversation, the last five minutes of it, I didn't see coming. <laughs> I did. I didn't at all. I was like, wait, what? And then when it, all, when it was all said and done, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. And the reason why I felt it was coming to that because I personally felt that, that I, I heard a lot of butts and not a lot of um, I did do that. I'm sorry, and just leaving it there. I heard, I I I heard excuses, or it just wasn't. I don't I don't want to hear excuse. I want to if I say this is what happened, I don't want to be told that what I saw or what I feel didn't happen. When I'm telling you, that's what happened, mm-hmm. and that's how I feel. But don't, yeah, don't tell me that what I'm saying is wrong. It's still how I feel. It's my perception and it is my reality and that's how I feel. And if I'm, if I've done something to someone, uh, I I think it was a a confusion thing about character and, and, and versus uh, behavior. And I I think that uh, people don't like for the character to be challenged, but part of behavior affects your character. So, a lot of things that I saw that were a pattern of behavior made me prejudge and say, that's just who you are at this time in your life because no one was bold enough to tell you and chop it to you the way I gave it to you. And I think people are comfortable with people sugarcoating and saying, oh, it didn't mean to come out like this or it didn't mean to come out like this, but I said what I said. But no, you said what you said, how you said it, and this is why I feel the way I do. Period. 
But like I said, again, we're not all at the same. And, and that was another thing. I know that we're all in, in, in a different path, but there has to be some common ground. I guess the words were being really picked upon. There has to be a common ground for us to even communicate, get along, or even resolve anything. And I don't think the common ground was there at all on my part. Yeah, well. be, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, you know, like LaBelle said, we have to be at a point to want to find the common ground and um, neither party wanted to hear each other in that moment, I feel. So with that being said, that's why I was like, it's okay to leave. It's okay to fall back. It's okay to even break up yeah. and break apart. So what? But don't, yeah, you, you don't even, you don't have to be child, mad. I get it. Um, well, I'll tell you this. I'm usually the first one to walk out of a group and I have never experienced when, you know, two of the other divas leave and the rest of us are sitting there looking at each other. And so that was real awkward. And I, I felt bad about that too. I was like, <laughs> no, I'm just going to be real transparent. I, let me tell you why I felt bad. I felt bad all the way around. And I will say I probably owe the entire uh, group an apology. And I'll tell you why. Because uh, one person mentioned it, that the group was there because of me. Mm -hmm. And that really kind of hurt. That hurt out of more than anything. It hurt because I felt like I let myself down and I let the people who gave me that honor down. And I, I think that I, I failed at being, and I kept, and then I, I want to be transparent, not to make an excuse, but I said in the beginning, why me? I am not the best leader. I make mistakes. I continuously said that in the group. And this is why, because sometimes, like even Rob said, you are definitely changing and sometimes uh, it will pop back out. My, 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 I will revert back into my old ways. And that's what happened today. I feel uh, well, there, I read something, uh, recently, uh, I've been talking to my cousins a lot, um, and they sent me this meme that said, um, maybe the reason why this life is hard is because you are who your bloodline has been waiting for. I saw something like that too. And did it say something about, and you're the one to break the chain or the curse? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I saw and that. So, and so just speaking about this you know, these problems and these issues about communication that we're having, um, we're having them because, you know, everyone has them, right? We're all human, we're all imperfect. But I feel like the reason why we don't know how to deal with them is because the people that came before us didn't, didn't make the process happen. So if we can crack the code right now mm -hmm. and teach the next people how to have better communication and how to get their points across and yada 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 we'll, we'll create the, the 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 chain of events that makes it better right but if we continue to like lavelle or lavelle excuse me like rob said if we continue to hide or not be direct and transparent about you know these things we're only doing a disservice to ourselves i agree that is great what, what rob said and I, i'm glad you brought that back up about what rob said because you also said something that kind of coincide with that like in the group you said don't be offended and i was pissed off when you said that to be honest i was pissed off really because, yes because i was offended by them 
Oh, girl, I wasn't even trying to aim at it. I know you wasn't, but I had, I know you wasn't. And I was like, because you were talking to someone, to the other person about it, I was like, but wait, wait, I was, I, I kind of wanted to jump side. Like, wait a minute, I'm, a, I'm back on her side, even though I'm fussing with her. I'm on her side with this one. Because you also mentioned, oh, let me, my, my, my mouth got water. You said, um, when I heard you say, uh, don't run away or just don't be offended, I also heard in that sentence, don't be afraid of hearing the truth and i think that's what happened when we get so in a certain way we don't want to hear the truth and i think can i ask you a question though yes go ahead do you know who taught me that who you oh girl girl yeah girl don't you remember all them times in the board meetings when people would piss me off and i'd get up and walk out and you were like girl this can't happen anymore if you walk out again i'm not coming back Yes, ma'am. That was you. I'm glad you brought that. I'm glad you. Uh, thank you. I uh, thank you for that. Um, it's hard for me to accept that type of uh, acknowledgement, but I thank you for that. Um, but I, I. By the way, since we're on record, America, Courtney got me together my whole sweetheart year. Yes, ma'am. These white girls on my board didn't know how to speak to me, and Courtney yoked me up all the time. Was like, nope, you're doing it wrong. This is wrong. Get a plan. Get it together. Come prepared. What are you doing, girl? You're not ready. How did you get this crown? <laughs> I did say that. Entire year. I did. I did. And I, you know what? To be honest, I was only pushing you because someone pushed me. Some there was there were even though I, I didn't last the, my whole year as sweetheart, and even though I'm, I'm reinstated, someone still was in my corner pushing me. And even not even before sweetheart, doing when I won Tacoma La Femme, uh, two thousand three someone was still pushing me even though I'm not friends with them now but they were still pushing me I you how you push me today um someone was doing that for me and I just really felt that you had an opportunity like I told you before bitch you're you're good at raising money you were like a black Bolivia Carmichael's to me yeah like you the one the only black girl that I know that ever raised them that most that amount of money i mean maybe you're running neck and neck with your daughter but you were the one to um the first one i saw do some shit like that and it, it, it mm-hmm. and i always wanted to do that i tell everybody i've never been the type of person to raise money to do that and you you the one who helped me um reach out to organizations to help me you know try to do that and that came to pass so uh it was it was um i thought i owed it to myself not just to you but I'm not going to be here a long time. I'm not going to always be in the... None of us are. Huh? None of us are. I think that's what the point of all of this is. It's the fact that, you know, life is really, really short. My uncle was riding a bike and got hit by a car and died. You know what I mean? Like, we could go out here and get COVID tomorrow, and in two weeks, it's over. Yeah. And I feel like the reason why... And I'll just speak for myself. The reason why I'm, you know, trying to be involved in in this uh, with the black community that I know that wants to link up is because I had, I didn't have an easy time, you know, growing up in Portland, Oregon for 14 years as I've been here, you know, like when I came here in 18, I was, I was a completely different person and I thought completely different about the world. And so if, again, if we can make something easier for the people that are coming up behind us, that's it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I, and I think that, uh, we, Myself included. I'm not trying to act like I'm on a high horse or snooty, like you say. It's all good. Um, uh, I, I think that we lost sight of that. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I think that we need to ask ourselves, why are we here? And today we weren't there to, uh, I, I think today we were there to get the communication thing ironed out and, and, and understand each other from a, from a different perspective. And, um, you know, to be honest, I think that, um, you know, this, this is going to be a nice break <laughs> for everyone. And, and, and I, think, I think it's needed because it's the holiday season. You want to get more close yeah. with your, your, your base support system, which is your family. And I, I think it's an opportunity to, to uh, shed off some old shit and get ready for the new year, each individual person as well. Right. So. But it's also, it was a good conversation to have at the end of the year so that everyone can go into the new year prepared to, you know, hear, we, I feel like, uh, <laughs> I feel like uh, a lot of times when I was like, here it comes, you know, and then, and then somebody would say, yes, and this is the problem. It's like, okay, great. I'll, I'll fix it, you know, um, mm-hmm. because, it's for me. It's like it's easier to just fix a quality about myself, or smooth and polish a quality about myself to move to move the mark. But that's what we're doing, and that's what we did all year. You know what I mean? If we look back, all all of the people involved in the conversation uh, through really strong events, raised a lot of money, helped the houses people, um, provided entertainment. You know, gave jobs. This is a list of black excellence I, that I, we're forgetting yeah. to also include in why we're angry and hurt and upset. It's because we did all of this hard work. Yeah. I did, I think I saw a post you posted or somebody else shared your post or something like that. But it after all every after the dust had settled, we all went and did our did our thing. Yeah. Like every and last we, black queen that had a confrontation with each other, and even non black people who we got into it. The black people who were getting to with other people that are non-black, the black people really did. They, they, we showed out. Yeah. And, and, and I think that for a lot of it, we were really strong to the word and, and we put the black community first, you know what I mean? It wasn't about, it wasn't about clout. It wasn't about, uh, numbers. Numbers. It wasn't about making a scene and all of that. It was about, bringing actual areas of opportunity to the table that hadn't been brought up before. And yes, again, it was uncomfortable. It didn't feel nice to hear that these things were happening, but you know, I've seen a lot of positive change that has happened because of it, both in myself and from the community. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like uh, we've all grown a lot and there's a lot more safe spaces for black, brown POC people in Portland now. Because of the work that we've done, I agree. I definitely agree. And the conversations are being had. Right, right, and you know. Yeah, all across the board, they are. I, I absolutely, that. absolutely, and even out of spite, conversations are being had that weren't had before. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I chalk it up to this is one of those moments where there's no uh, there's no bad press. Anybody talking about moving the mark on racism, inequality, equity is good. Do you feel like we were part of history? I would like to think that when we look back on this, um, we helped something. You know, it's, it's, it's the camp, campground rule. Leave it better than you found it. And I do absolutely, I, I do absolutely think so. Um, I think that we were able to help shine a light on a lot of things. Uh, specifically speaking, the um, 
the the work that we did in July with handing out the the bags to the people experiencing experiencing homelessness. That for me was that was groundbreaking. Yeah. And I guess I would say like whose history are we talking about? Like uh like the real like the history books, do you think we we made that? I don't know. Oh no, I I definitely do. And that's where I was going. And when I say we I mean black people in Portland. And I think uh as, oh, absolutely. as a city we definitely did. And as a black city or a black community, I think we also did. And I say that because when I think of what happened this year, for us to be on the news and shake the party and get the president's attention, it made everyone look at everything that was going on in Portland. It wasn't just the riots. It wasn't just this. It wasn't just that. It was, it made people really, anything with the hashtag Portland, people was on it. And I saw that in all my other social media platforms like Periscope, people were talking about Portland. And then I had to get on there and check them and be like, no, it's not burning down, but we're doing this. And then I saw in some of the black Portland groups uh, what people were saying and how people who are not from here were chiming in. It was really, really good to see. And it made me also realize that because so many people are talking about the issues that are going on with Portland, whether they're black or whatever, but the ones that were talking about black things, I, I realized it made me look at, oh, we really are different black people. There's so many different black people, biracial black people, yeah. uh, chocolate black people, light-skinned black people, uh, Republican black people, Democrat okay. black people, independent, conservative, all these things I got to see that I could not see before. It was yeah. like everybody was hiding. I think the this whole year, it brought people out of hiding. It made us so uncomfortable that we came out. Everybody, the people even who got into it with other people, they came out too because they were mad. Everybody was mad. Mm -hmm. Everybody was hurt. Everybody was offended and, and, and afraid. Well, you know, um, I agree. <laughs> what was you going to say? Well, I don't know. I got, uh, I think that the the powers that be got tested this year because they didn't realize that if they said jump, we were going to jump. And that's on all fronts. Gotcha. Uh, you know, we, we saw that in our community with the ISRC. Mm -hmm. uh, we saw that with the pushback against with the BLM movement, mm -hmm. you know, all of it. Yeah. I think that it's, it's, it's a new, it's a new age. And I think that there's, I don't know if it's like a, I don't want to say it's passing of a guard. I don't think that me saying that is not saying that the old generation is, um, you know, being X'd out. But, you know, I think that people that don't believe in climate change, come on. Like, <laughs> I know what you're trying to say. Get it together. Bitch. I don't know you're how else to say You're trying to say what this. you've been trying to tell me for the longest. Courtney, if you don't get it together, you're going to be left in the dust with all the old people that can't get it together. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and what's crazy about that is that that's, like, always the first response. Oh, you're trying to get rid of us. It's like, do you see how much work I'm trying to do to help include you in this uh, conversation? You know what I mean? It's like, not just you. I'm just, yeah, I in general, it's like, I do a lot of, and, and a lot of, my, first of all, I'm a makeup artist, and my favorite clientele is, you know, I'm going to say 50 plus. You know, we have a ball in a good old time, and I like them the best because they paid the work the most. Hello? Like, get out of here. I'm not trying to get rid of them no time soon, sweetie. But oh, if we gosh. can make your life a little bit easier, 
if we can make your life a little bit easier by installing an app on your phone, don't fight us. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. <laughs> No, ma'am. I'm so sorry, girl. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. Okay, so we didn't talk about that. So, no, ma'am. But I ain't gonna drag it on too long. But no, ma'am. You have to undo young bitches. I can't stand you hoes. I really can't. You girls get on my nerves. You, you bitches get on my I know, nerves. I read it all over your Facebook today. Yeah, you girls think y'all know everything. And soon as some shit hit the fan, y'all be like, oh, oh my God, we've been robbed or our money's been stolen. Wait, somebody hijacked us. Oh, we have no power to get on the internet. Well, bitch, if you would have had a carbon copy, a hard copy, and a backup copy, bitch, we wouldn't be in these motherfucking problems. But you want to get this high-tech-ass phone and put everything online, and now we can't get online because ain't no electricity, bitch. Anyway, but that leads me to another example. Uh, leaders versus doctors. You have several doctors that are working to combat the COVID illness right hello i'm sitting here i'm smoking my weed though. oh girl i haven't even puffed yet but anyway um so we have a lot of doctors that are uh trying to combat the covid illness and i'm sure like with any other disease or any scientific stuff there are so many different um doctors and physicians and things that have different expertise like for example there is the guy who's over the 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 medical research of COVID-19 however there are other doctors not in his profession but there are other I mean they're in his profession but underneath him you know what I'm saying they're not uh versus a PhD versus a regular doctor you know what I'm saying so if you have someone who is at the who is at the highest of that career they don't want to hear nothing from nobody beneath them because they were appointed based upon their, their skill level. So I think that's the same thing of what I'm trying to say with it comes to the older and younger generation. You have a group of older people who are leaders and they are at the top of their game. And sometimes when the young people come in to combat that or challenge that, I think... Um, what? Excuse me? Oh, nothing. I was just thinking of a story. Oh, girl, here we go. Uh, I think sometimes, though, it being challenged is that um, it needs to not just be stated. It needs to be uh, backed up. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I was the, the master of the PhD or whoever that man is who's over the CDC or whatever he is over the COVID plan research or whatever, I think in order for him to... Because there are a lot of doctors that saying, oh... He has some things right, but he's not looking at everything. And and but they have they can't even come to the board. They're not at the table. They can't come to the table because they don't have the credentials to come to the table. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So if you don't have the credentials to come to the table, or you don't have the leadership experience as the elders, then thank you. Jason said it for me. It's all about seniority. That's what I'm trying to say. Thank you for that, Jason. Uh, seniority plays a huge part in when older leaders, in this particular case, older black leaders, uh, refuse to hear younger voices. Or in the example that you use with the apps, for me, you know I don't like apps because I'm afraid that things will fuck up. I can't take you. I know you were just itching your bones to say something. No, it's funny to me. I'm about the app situation. Oh, I'm over it. Um, it's funny to me. It just because I, I, I never. 
thought I would get to an age where I would actually be experiencing it with people that I was like, I you know, close to. And it's so funny to me because I'm like, oh, girl, come on. And I know that there's going to be a day when, you know, one of these apps that I'm telling you to get that, I, that you spot me, I'm like, girl, this is great. And I'm like, yeah, I know, Courtney, I know. And okay, I know man, it's going to be a day and time when you get an app and it fucks up and somebody fucks you over like PayPal or something. That's what you have insurance for. And then they, like, cut you a check, girl. Who wants to go through all that long-ass process? Oh, it's, it's really short. <sighs> See what I'm saying? It's always another excuse. But it's okay, because we have another way to get, that, to get your money faster. No one wants to have to <laughs> go through that period, though. Why even go through the experience of that? That's like, I don't know. Maybe it's just um, the the, um, the idea of Different just... strokes for different folks. Yeah, or people just like it's to just take like, chances. Okay, but also, it's just like there's a commercial right now um, for, like, it's a card that gets your paycheck two days faster. And in my head, I'm like, who the fuck needs that? Like, that just sounds like an easier way to spend all your money and owe more money to somebody else. But hey, if it works for you, it works for you. Yeah, those apps don't work for me. Yeah, okay, well, <laughs> you struck me dry every night this week. Um, I'll be sending you an invoice. Hopefully, L&D Productions, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take you. No, that's that's a different uh, firm, and you will not connect that and try to get my <laughs> shit. <laughs> no, but I love you, Henrietta. I'm going to get off of here because um, it's running up all my time, and plus I want to be able to smoke my weed, and I, you know I don't like to smoke my weed inside of my house, so... Um, okay. I'm I'm not gonna. Uh, oh, it is one eight one and something anymore. I would say I'll call you after smoke my weed, but hey, if I you t if I text you and you text back, then we'll go from there. But I need to smoke my weed. Okay, bye. Bye, love you, darling. Love you too. Bye. Bye. -bye. <laughs> I can't take. Truth will set you free, water. Truth will set you free, water. Truth will set you free, water.
truth will set you free, but hold on. Truth will set you free, won't it? The truth will set you free, won't hold on. The truth will set you free, won't it? The truth will set you free, won't hold on.